here we go, here we go, here we go. Your f- two favorite familiar faces, the one behind the screen you'll never know. Coming in this week, episode seven of the Holler Pod. In the words of the great, late Harry Carey, the bases are loaded and so are we. Brian, Nick, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing, man. It's good to see you guys. Good to sit down and talk. Yeah, I didn't mean to speak for both of you when I said we're loaded, but, you know, whatever, if the shoe fits. I have to give that Wait intro up, a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10 would recommend. You know, one day I, I pray that I never run out of those on the spur of the moment, but uh, we'll see what happens. You are pretty right, good was, at that. Yeah, hey, Rust is flying. It's good to be back. It was a big day. Let's hop right in. Grinds my gears. You know we love to start this way. Let's just let's throw somebody under the bus or garbage truck in my uh, example and experience, and uh, let's get it off our chest. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I want to hear your garbage man story. Let me go. Let me go. So for those loyal listeners, shout out Spiggle and Burkett. Uh, you know last week I took a doo-doo on the garbage guy, okay? So I got a real problem with the way that this has been operating on the curb out here. Uh, first of all, the arm that grabs the container is ex- vastly inefficient okay sometimes it grabs a container sometimes it rips the lid off the container sometimes it grabs your mailbox you just don't even know it's hydraulic they can't control it they don't want to get out of the truck whatever so that was last week okay didn't empty the whole garbage can whatever sleep on it i'll give them a second chance go out this week i had some yard clippings right so i don't have a fire oh no i don't have a fire pit built yet so I have to uh, strategically disperse of my limbs and trees that I get carried away with and cut down. You know, so I cut them down, put them in a big bag, take them to the curb. This guy gets out. Okay, so all my complaints last week, he gets out of the truck, comes around, rips the bag open on the curb, sees that it's yard waste, gets back in the truck, leaves it. Just leaves it. Do you have a yard waste bin? It's not an option. It's not an option where I'm at. So I'm like, have, what? Uh, yeah, we don't. We do not have a yard waste option. So I mean, my blood pressure Monday morning just Elon Musk, baby, right to whatever planet you want to pick. So that gets me good in Kita. I'm gonna go here. I'm like a Southern go Baptist preacher on the soapbox, baby. I, you know, that keys me up. That just puts me in the wrong mood. There's no amount of coffee in the world. When you watch your garbage man rip your garbage open, look at it, say, not today, Jesus. I'll come back. Okay, so I'm fuming, right? So I come, I'm, you know, I'm doing the work thing, go to work, I do the work thing. I, I start noticing on all these emails, regards, regards, best regards. What the hell is that? Regards? What are you regarding? First of all, it'd be normal if it said, uh, hope, wish you well, or thanks, or... I don't know, warm, warmly or whatever. What, what is regards? What does that mean, Brian? Regards. What's the context? Like, regards. Give me it's a their sentence. signature. It's their <laughs> signature on their email. Not even best regards? No, regards. Well, maybe they're just wishing regards. that you be. They just wish that you be. Not good regarding? or bad. Hmm, you, you know. Nick, Google the word. I don't, I'm so keyed up, I can't even. My ears are hot. That's how hot I am right now. Regards. In email signature. I'm praying for... How to end a letter. 
See, this is a lost art. You don't say regards. Sincerely what is regards? regards yours truly and yours sincerely. What are you regarding? Regarding what? What's simple, above? In regards, what's above? The and most useful letter closings to use in a formal business setting. Warm. Sounds to me like they're just following the rules, Alex. Maybe you're just a bit of a rebel and so you didn't just, realize it. You mean the co-host? You mean one of the hosts of Hollerpod is a as a mountain junkie? Is that what you're getting at? Gee, that's a stretch. <laughs> Let me tell you, just you a bit of a rebel. Man. The mountain, but you can't take the mountain out of the boy. I'm perfectly acceptable with see you, bud. That's a perfectly acceptable email signature for me. Is that how you responded? Guns out, guns out, stars and bars. You know. That's what you should respond. It starts responding with now. Stars and bars. Yeah. One sip for clarity, two sips for charity. There Ouch. you go. That's a good one too. All right, I'm done. I'm done. My blood pressure's leveled off. What do you got, Brian? Honestly, man. Uh, regards. You know, me, regards. <laughs> I just, you know, I've not really been annoyed by anything lately. Um, I try to just. You know, go with the flow. Let things let things go. See what happens. You're a real Gandhi um, cat, huh? No, nah, I don't really like Gandhi, man. He wasn't a good guy. Oh, we we'll have okay. a we'll have a grassy knoll on Gandhi one day. Yeah. Uh, but um, I guess my only complaint is that I didn't get two large lemonades from Chick Fil A today. Oh, that's I mean that's but that's on me. You got one large. I got a large and a small. Should have got two larges. What is wrong? Do you, I got a, I got a you problem, man. Bought the gallon. Dude. Lemonade Nick, is like Google desert this. island drink. Sugar. sugar. Oh, it's a ton. Sugar in a large Chick-fil-A. It's like, lemonade. I want to say like 40 to 70 grams of carbs for a large. Something like that. That's, a week on ke- that's like one week in keto. That's like Yeah, one- it's worth it. <laughs> It's worth it. Not a frosted lemonade, just a regular. Nick. Regards, man. Okay, here we go. Here just we go. Drinks, lemonade. drinks, middle screen. Five pound bag of ice. You can buy a bag of ice from Chick Fil A. Oh, Is that a secret? What they do have good eyes. Yeah. Who even knew that? Mm. Chick. A gallon of lemonade has. Where's the sugar? How do I read a graph? How do I read a graph? Keep going. Two, oh, two, 549 two carbs in a gallon. Oh, my back. Yeah. 517 grams of sugar in a gallon. Hey, man, I could drink that in one sitting. Easy. You know, there's yeah. five, there are five tables. Okay, hang on. There are five grams of sugar. If you, I think this is correct. If you took a tablespoon and you just poured table sugar on it or packet sugar, yeah. you fill the spoon, that's five grams. Hmm. So you're eating like... I don't want to wow anybody with my regards of my math skills, but that's you're eating a couple spoonfuls of sugar every day. How's it feel? Helps. It uh, if it helps, it's great. <laughs> you know, I do. <laughs> it's I do worse things to be drank, addicted to. Yeah, if, that's true. If I drank pop, I'd be three hundred pounds, and I know that because I'm not far from three hundred right now, and I don't drink pop. Yeah, I'm not a big. Sometimes. I'll have an L8. Sometimes oh. I'll have a peach knee high. Oh, now yeah. you're banging. Yeah. Listen, um, I'm there, I I'm, love lemonade, man. I do too. I, you know, I do That's too. Good. I can't down talk. And Chick-fil-A's is the best. It is. 
I think it's got, I don't think they listed it, but I think in the ingredients there's like crack or something in there. Yes. Yes. It's good. Ample amounts. But see, they're so nice, it doesn't even question. You My know pleasure. what? If, uh, yeah, your pleasure. You know, you know, that's how I know regards is done because they don't say regards to Chick fil A. They say my pleasure. Yeah, and Chick fil A, they get you through the line quick. Yeah, I've, why can't Chick fil A is like the only, like one of the only places I don't check my order before I leave. Also, the designers of their drive thru's need to be like mayors, geniuses, geniuses. Or, or governors, yeah. or president. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, they are maximizing their real estate opportunity. Yeah, uh, here you go, We can only give you half an acre. Not a big deal. We'll figure it out. We got to drive on top of the store to get through the drive-thru, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah we'll get everybody in through line in like you know a few minutes. Yeah, and we're gonna do it with a smile on our face. And by the way, we're only gonna do it six days a week, and we're gonna kick everybody else's ass in the industry. Yeah, yeah. And I'm spent. All right, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Brown stuff's moving. I want to get into a topic on the last, you know, episode six. I mean, did we bomb this, Brian? Did we totally bomb the hypothetical uh, conspiracy theory? I thought, you know what? I was in the shower one day. I was like, man, that'd be a great contest idea. I mean, was that just a total bomb? Uh, I thought it was a cool idea. Um, Like I said, I think think Spiegel's just our number one fan. Spiegel, toast and cheers to Spiegel. Yeah. Or Spiegel or... All those, for all those uh, PA announcers who never gave you the credit that your pump fake so duly deserved. (laughs) Cheers. He's the only person that could make any member of any team leave the floor on command. Best pump fake in the 15th region, without a doubt. I think the fact he was left-handed had something to do with it. Uh, But, I mean, slickest pump fake in the game. So, Spiggle... We'll be getting with you, man. You just won yourself a guest show on the pod. Um, we don't want to say it's by default because nobody else responded to our, what I thought was an ingenious idea, but I digress. We'll have our publicist team reach out to you to get you, uh, <laughs> get you uh, on the pod. I do want to, uh, <laughs> I do want to go over his conspiracy theory because I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I think he's pulling to... So, for those of you that know, episode six came out with the conspiracy theory contest. Said, "Hey, give us your best one. We're going to run it through the mill." Brian, Nick, Alex, we're going to say if it's any good, we'll have you on. The winner is going to be able to be the next guest on the show. Spiggle comes in with the high heat, you know, the 92 mile an hour cutter at your chin. Me, here's this conspiracy. Me and the Eastern Kentucky Drillers indoor football team started the Drillers then. Pause. For those of you that live in Prestonsburg or familiar with Prestonsburg, the old Papa John's. So Papa John's moved across the street uh, to, I don't even know what you would describe that area, Brian. Down, um, like, down the way from Lanes a little bit, down the way from Lanes. Yeah, yeah, it's like on that main little strip. So that real estate became free. So at the time, we had the East Kentucky Drillers. They were an arena football team. They played at the Expo Center. They put in a Drillers den. Everybody's like, what is this? The windows were taped over. They had strobe lights. It's like, okay. I think the sign was I like. I forgot about that until on. you mentioned it. Yeah, I think the sign was like spray painted on for a couple of years. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, so, me and the East Kentucky Drillers indoor football team started the Drillers then as a money laundering scheme uh, 
where we trafficked copious amounts of black tar heroin and Mud Creek meth. Our loyal D tackle and mayor was our Pablo Escobar. Uh, so I got a lot. There's a lot to dissect here. There's a lot to dissect here. I don't First, know. Just where, really quick, I just want everybody to know that there was there was a indoor football team in that area. I just want that. I mean, that's just hilarious yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, and I don't think they were bad. I don't remember. That was kind of when I was not living there anymore, but I don't remember uh, if they were good or bad. I do remember, though, Jared Lorenzen played for the Northern Kentucky team, and he came to the Expo Center when he was like – I mean, he was big at UK, and I love Jared, and I'm not talking bad about him, you know, rest in peace. But he was – it got a lot of media attention at the time because I think he was like – Three three seventy five playing quarterback and still running around and still slinging it and they were like they were the best team in the in the league yeah. and that's when I think Barstool picked him back up and he got he got real big with the Barstool guys when they were on the up and up because he was you know he had won a Super Bowl with the Giants but now he was this arena football player that was massive but he, it didn't matter he was still like the best quarterback out there so uh, and the last piece to dissect here is if for those of you that didn't know the former mayor of our beloved hometown actually did play defensive tackle for the East Kentucky Drillers and I want to say he was into his like 50s yeah the, he, that, he's an older dude yeah at the time it was like yeah just was like oh wow I, I mean props to him dude I don't know how he didn't get broken half because Good Which for him, mean, man. Arena League is all the is all the D one guys that you know didn't make it for grades. You know if they got into trouble, whatever reason, guys that are trying to make it on the up and up. So these aren't slums. These are like yeah. dudes that that knew what was going on. But uh, I I don't I don't know where else to take to take that conspiracy theory, Brian. Um, I think if you switch those drugs around, it might not be that too far fetched. Switch them around? What do you mean? Yeah, just change them out. Just you know. You, you, de- you decriminalize, you, you brought them down on the scale? Oh, no, I mean, just, like, change it from, like, black tar heroin to, like, coke or something like that. <laughs> but Creek Meth, man, Spiggle, I hope you, I, you live far enough away now. You may ignite a whole nother fire of, of uh, a native person that you're not prepared to deal with, but uh, you're the winner, dude. Like I said, our publicist team, we got tons of them. I think there's five or six. We're get, getting you on the phone. We're going to get them on the phone, uh, you know, email. We won't stop at any regard to get you to get you on. So we'll be reaching out. I thought that was a home run, and uh, we got one one entrance. So, I mean, this may be my grinds my gears next week. Totally falling on your face uh, in your in your podcast content. No, I thought it was a good idea, man. I, like I said, I just think Spiegel's our number one fan. I think he is, too. From far away. Mm-hmm. Moving on, talking about falling on our face, and see, this transition is seamless. Uh, In episode six, we also promised you all that we would be beginning a Twitch stream, which we did, and uh, we've been giving Warzone a shot. Nick's been playing some different games. Brian's going to play different games. I do not vary from Warzone uh, because I am humble enough to admit to you that my vision and hand-eye coordination are on the decline, so... Couple that was trying to learn new strategy, it just doesn't happen. Um, but for those of you that have been watching us on Twitch at Hollerpod, uh, I hope 
you've been laughing because it needs a laugh. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Brian? Have you, have you been having fun at least? Oh yeah. Um, Warzone is it, it is. I hate to say that I am enjoying a Call of Duty game, but I am one hundred percent enjoying a Call of Duty game. Oh, it'll flat um, out ruin your life, dude. It'll flat out like get you in trouble. It'll make. You I catch myself. <laughs> yeah, I catch myself through the day being like, "Man, I'd like to play some Warzone." But see now, the, you know, social media is such like you got guys that are streaming that every single day. That's their job. They're making money. You know, they're generating content, getting ad money. They're playing it eight. 8, 10, 12, 16 hours a day, and they're streaming it. So, you know, if you're on lunch break or you you check your phone, it's like, oh, they're playing Warzone. Then you're totally derailed from whatever you're thinking about. Yeah, I, I do like that we're going to have a variety, though, because I personally, I have a PC, but I do not PC game. And I've noticed Nick playing some Valorant, so I watched some Valorant. It looks really cool. I would like maybe to get that. But I'm just it's free. I'm awful with the mouse and keyboard. I know I, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I can, my PC could definitely run it too. But I tried to play Overwatch uh, once before on PC, and it was bad, Nick. <laughs> it was bad, and ugh. bad isn't good or bad isn't like bad. No, bad bad isn't. You, you ever you ever watched like um, you ever given your girlfriend? a controller or, you know, in your case, your wife or whatever, giving her a controller and they're trying to aim. Uh-huh. And, and instead of like you moving, they're just strafing left and right. Mm-hmm. The crab walk, that's man. What, that's yeah, a gear that's staple. Was, yeah. That's what it was like. It was, it was not good. Professionals but, would call it the strafe. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad times, man. But I really do want to try Valorant out a lot. I don't even oh know what that is <laughs> it's it reminds me of overwatch and like csgo yep exactly. they seem very similar that did nothing for me i don't even know what those are you've played overwatch haven't you nah man i'm telling you dude maybe i, I played six, it with aaron oh six i went straight for like cod after the halo we've talked about this uh, uh 2000 till 2000 what five we tore mm-hmm. halo a new one uh, Man, we're about it, ready to do it again. Then it migrated to COD. Call of Duty Four was was a game changer. I don't. Hey, man, know. that's the only one I really played. I didn't really play any of the other ones. Yeah, that was the first. Like, oh my gosh, Nate's already prestiged. Oh my gosh, Nate Frey's at tenth prestige. What? Mom? You know who was super prestige like prestige wise on that game? Who like had every attachment to every gun? Hang on, let me think. Okay, okay. Who did we play with him? Oh yeah. We went to school with him. Older than us or the same age? No, our age, in our grade. Evan Hayes. Josh Whitaker. Oh, Josh Whitaker. I forgot. Josh Whitaker was always. That kid did play a lot. But he was like, every time we would play, he'd be like two or three prestige levels higher than everybody. And all of his guns were gold. And he got in the military. So it it may have set him. Hey Nick, pull up that I'm thing where the military the pits, pull up that thing where the military is using Warzone to recruit um, teenagers. Shout out Josh, that's a blast from the past. That's yeah. a good old, it's a good old Dixie G Rob basketball game scuffle. I haven't heard that name in a while. Only the real one. No, Sean, I appreciate that comment. 
Well, there's a story like that's coming out or has came out recently, but the army, no, the army is using their um, like war, like war zone to yeah. to recruit kids for the military. Dude, they um, seals create like seals had a, a say so on the creation of this game, like all the recoil patterns on the firearms, all the attachments. Everything cool. like that. I watched a video. They had a huge, I think there were two in specifics that had upwards of like 60 years of SEAL team experience between them. Or maybe 50. I think they both had done like 24, 25 years. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's why it's so realistic. I mean, the blur and the muzzle, you know, the muzzle break and stuff. But uh, yeah, man. It's fun, guys. If you guys want to play with us, let us know. We're still figuring out how to do the chat thing. Um, but it is a lot of fun. We, uh, we give it our very best effort after a hard eight to 12 hours of working at our given craft. And it's mm. so depressing to hear an eight-year-old child laugh at you when he kills you after you've worked your tail off all day trying to put food on the table and you just want to decompress. But such is life. What did the French say? Say la vie. Say la vie. Live and let live, isn't that it? I think that say la vie is uh, such as life. Such as life. I think it's what it is. Check that, Nick. It could check, be lying. The French say a lot, man. There it is. Say yeah. la, la vie. Such as mm-hmm. life. That's it. That's powerful. You've not seen the Irishman, have you? No, I haven't. I would like I'm to though. Open that for you, but there is a yeah. Please don't. There is an iconic phrase in there. I have to ruin it for you. We've already talked about the punchline. We already no. argued about this. You don't remember? No. Yes, we did. What episode? Did, it's the George Bush episode, or when you tried to tell me that HW killed JFK. Uh, I no. Think yeah. Yeah. We well, he was uh, definitely involved. Yeah. That's yeah, when we traumatized. Was our, definitely involved. Uh, Seth, he, we we shook him to his core, but I'd like to have Seth back on soon too. There is a point cool. in the movie where Hoffa has overstepped his bounds. Right? They've killed they've killed JFK. They is in the mob. This is a movie. Um, Hoffa's going off his rocker. Right? The promise made to him was, "Hey, we'll take care of this for you. You got to go quietly into the night." He agrees. They do it. They carry it out. Obviously, we all know the theory and the and the conspiracy the conspiracy but there's a point where hoff is trying to take his union back all this power hungry money and he starts to tick the mob off so frank sheeran the irishman was kind of the go-between between the mob and hoffa and there's a point where a crime boss one of the big five of the new york crime families says to frank sheeran tell him it is what it is and the power behind that is if you don't chill out, we're going to kill you too. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. It's not, that's a nice thing. Tell him it's what it is. Meaning it's done. You keep it up. You're going to, you're going to end up being the biggest hidden murder in the history of mankind. <laughs> and we know how that played out. Okay. All right. Let's go. Twitch, at HollerPod. Let us know if you want to play with us. Don't laugh at us when we die uh, before the second circle. (laughs) Big day, big day, big day in sports, boys. 
I don't know if you guys have kept up with it. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. Obviously, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. We still have a podcast. That's why we started the podcast because we're in a pandemic. But, I mean, just to name a few things that happened in sports today. Number one, opening day at Saratoga. For all you thoroughbred fans out there, uh, Saratoga is a – some people would say, like, next to Keeneland, one of the most – and, and um, it's escaping me. One of the most beautiful courses in the country, upstate New York. Um, a lot of your diehard thoroughbred fans really love opening day at Saratoga. So that was today. Uh, a lot of the big-time jockeys that just left Keeneland, coincidentally. Keeneland had the summer meet last week. Uh, a lot of the big-time jockeys and names that are familiar, you know, ones that run in the pursuit of the Triple Crown, they were up there running today. Um, your boy may or may not have hit a pick three to start the day off. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, for those of you that may not be that familiar, pick three is first three races, a winner of each race. So um, that was a little bit a chump change. The pick five, so I had a $1 pick three, okay? Mm-hmm. I think it paid $78. Nice. Uh, it wasn't a $1 ticket. It was like a $30 bet. I had grouped some horses, but um, yeah. the five, the 50-cent pick five, so that's first five races, winning horse of each race, Paid $35,000. We're in so, the wrong business, boys. I, t- I texted the exact same to my brother. I said, we're doing it. <laughs> Something's wrong here. Now, yeah, granted, I'm taking, the best, I'm taking the best case scenario and I'm applying that to, you know, every everybody that wants to, you know, throw some money at the ponies. But, uh, yeah, I saw that and, and that uh, changed my life. Now, obviously, if that individual is not, I don't know how the taxes work on that. I think you have to pay taxes in New York, which I'm sure outrageous. Yeah. So I'm that sure. guy may get home with, I don't know, 10, 12 grand. <laughs> uh, but still, I mean, it beats, you know, $78. Um, but it's always fun. Love watching the horses run. As I mentioned, Keeneland had a summer meet last week. So because of the pandemic, because of everything going on, that we're not able to have uh, their spring meet, which which was huge, had only happened, what did we say? That's only happened one time in the history of Keeneland, and it was for, what, World War One, I, I think? World War Two. World War Two is what we said. So um, they petitioned to the, to the Racing Commission, and they were able to get a five-day meet in the middle of the summer, and they kind of just compiled all those huge races that they have over three weeks uh, at Keeneland in the spring, and they had it in the summer. So we had the Maker's Mark Mile, we had the Bluegrass, it was uh, it was jam packed and it was a lot of fun. Didn't do as well there as I uh, thought it would have, but nonetheless, no spectators, and um, that's I mean the traffic. It was like the best of both worlds. You got the simulcast bet and see that they're racing at Keeneland, but there was no traffic. If you wanted to go to Kroger, there's no traffic. Usually Keeneland traffic will gridlock you for I don't know five hours. See, man, but, I enjoy going there. I had a lot of fun last time we went. Dude, anywhere, and, and I'm not a snob. I'm not a racing snob by any means. I mean, I've been to Churchill. I've been to Keeneland, uh, and that's really it. I've, I've got a lot of bucket list places I want to go watch horses run. But anybody that you try, I've been to the Breeders' Cup too, which was really cool. Um, but anywhere that you go and people ask you where you're from, Keeneland is the hot, Keeneland is, is the, you know, yes, UK is a, Lexington is a college town. UK's here. But Keeneland is huge for Lexington. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just 
you know, they keep it, the grounds are pristine. Uh, the facilities there are, are top of the, not nice, top of the yeah. line. Very nice. And, you know, we, we don't, as much as we consider ourselves Southern proper on the tailgating scene, you know, Kentucky's in the SEC, right? So when I think of SEC, I think tailgating. Ole Miss, LSU, Georgia. These are places that have Alabama tailgating scenes that are out of this world. But um, I think Keeneland is kind of that for us. Now we're getting better. You know, the football product is getting better. The tailgating is getting better. But, you know, where else in the world other than major college football do 15 to 40 year olds dress up in a suit and tie and go out in a field and get sunburned and use porta potties. You may not even go into the race, but you're going to wear your best suit and your best, you know, shoes. And you're going to go stand in a, a dirty field and, and wait in yeah. line for nine hours to use a porta potty. So it's just got a culture about it. That's uh, it's the best man. It'll ruin you. It for is. Sure. It is fun, man. I think really any excuse to, get dressed up, go out and have a few drinks with some people. It's a good time. Dress well, test well. Yeah, day well spent. When you lose your money, when you have a suit on, you still feel bad, but you're like, man, I got a suit on. Exactly. At least I'm looking good doing it, you know? People think I had that to lose. I really didn't, but I got a suit on, so what's the big deal? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, fun. Keep your eyes on Saratoga. Uh, Anybody that wants some free handicapping advice, hit me up on Twitter. If you win, I get 10%. If you lose, I'm not a professional. Okay? <laughs> so we'll just keep it rolling, see what's going on. Our little recurring bit. We would be remiss if we didn't hit on it. You know where I'm going. Those of you that have listened to every single episode, we got to talk about Zion. We got to talk about Zion. He's somehow become our love child of this podcast. Uh, and, and in our efforts to remain the cast iron skillets of the podcast world, we got some updated Zion news. Nick. Cue the drum roll. I think it came out last week uh, that the case was Zion, the civil case in federal court. It's going back and forth with this with this uh, husband and wife duo that you know represented Zion. Um, I think it was when he went into the league, so it was an agency that he signed when he went into the league. But it came out last week that they have evidence that Zion took upwards of $400,000 in cash before playing at Duke. Good for him, man. I mean... Good for him. Yeah. Okay. Imagine imagine being 18 years old, just out of of high school, and a college gives you $400,000 in cash. Good for him. Yeah, I don't really care either. It's just not allowed. It should be, but... And yeah. I don't really have a problem with LeBron because they didn't win the national championship. Like if they'd won the championship, Dude, I don't care if they would have won the championship. Burn the banner! Yeah, I would not have cared if they won the championship. These kids should be getting paid anyway. NCAA is making all kinds of money. Schools are making all kinds of money. These kids don't make anything. I do not. They disagree. should be paid. I think they all should get four hundred thousand dollars if they're playing. You know, because they're. The, but see, like they're giving. They're that? so valuable to those schools, man. I know, but if you norm, so the reason that that it works is because it's under the table, right? If you normalize that and you allow that, nobody's going to go to college. The reason it works is because it's it's not supposed to, it's not legal. Or do you I, think more I, kids would go to college? I think more kids would go to college if they got played, if they got paid to play college sports, because they would be getting paid, they'd be getting an education, 
and they would have the opportunity to go into a professional sports. I really think more kids would go to college and they would stay longer than doing one and dones. Yeah. I think. Again. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, the issue I say is, you know, what, where do you draw the line? So, you know, say you, say you pay Zion, you know, say 400,000, will you play the first baseman, led the softball team that? You know, like, what can you do Heck there? Yeah, man. Heck how yeah. Much money, I don't mind. All pay should be based upon how much you bring into yeah. the school. Yeah. Just like an actual job. What your labor is worth is what you should be paid. Oh, I don't know if I that's that because then you would cripple, then you would cripple like non-essential programs. No. Well, I mean, look, man, what do you mean non-essential programs? Like uh, Eastern would have a very tough time fielding a softball team. If they all had to get paid? If you if you paid based on value brought to the program, you would have this you would create this like entirely different league of like blue bloods, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, that would be it like every single year. Then you would have teams that Well they're you know, good. I agree, I agree. But they would be they would grow like infinitely better. And then everybody else would just be off here to the side paying. So what's wrong what's wrong with a talent pool? Like what's wrong with like the best at what's wrong what's wrong with the best college athletes going to the best school for them? What's wrong with that? You essentially would have what you have Financial, in the NBA. The best school for them financially. What? Yeah. Who cares if it's like? Look, these kids are risking getting injured. First of all, like I've mentioned before, Marcus Lattimore, he had nothing to fall back on. Man, these kids are risking getting injured. And they're, you know, they're not really going to class. We all know that. Sports in college, sports in, you know, we we know that. It's a twelve month program. It's twelve month sports. <laughs> Every sport is twelve months. That's all they're doing, and they're putting their their future on the line to make money for these schools. They should be compensated. I agree. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I do not. I think they should be going to wherever school is going to treat them the best. But we can't. I do. I do not disagree with that. They definitely need to be paid because of the revenue that they're generating for these for these institutions. But four hundred thousand is too much. That's a lot of money. I'll that is that. too much. That's a yeah. lot of money. But but think about if you got a job at a prestigious institution and got paid X amount of money, and you got a job at a regular institution and got paid X amount of money. It's the same kind of thing. It's a business. The, yes, this is sports, but sports is a business. Sadly, every that's just how it is, man. Sadly, four hundred thousand so, dollars so is a lot. I heard, of money. I heard, I actually heard the. We've kind of just tiptoed around this and tossed it around and not really known what's going on. But I heard the crux of this lawsuit. So the crux of this lawsuit is. Zion signed with this, I, th- I believe it's a husband and wife duo, and they represented him as his agent when he was going to transition into the league. So the contract that they signed at that time said any and all monies earned or you know contractually signed for with our client, we get X percent. So it was fine. They went to the Pelicans, whatever. I guess they had a falling out. The argument now becomes, hey, by the definition of the word, he, he was given money before he stepped foot at Duke, which immediately made him a professional athlete, okay? So, 
because he had mm. accepted he had accepted financial benefits before he even played college basketball. That made him a professional athlete. Therefore, Is that true? Any, yeah. Is that the, that's like yeah, the legal per, definition, per the definition of a professional yes, athlete? Yes, okay. Yeah. That's why they that's why Enos Kanter couldn't play at UK because he had already played okay. overseas in Turkish and oh, he, had yeah. received, he had received money. So yeah. if you have ever been paid for your craft, and there's a few loopholes with like international FIBA stuff, but if you've ever been paid to play, they won't let you play in the NCAA because it destroys the amateurism of the of the entire aspect. So their claim is, hey, you were already a pro when we signed this contract, you know, which essentially, I don't know if it wrecks that contract, but they're saying any and all money you got before we signed this contract, we also get a percentage of that too, which is like, a lot of contract mm-hmm. loopholes and it's just like it's going to go back and forth until he pays them that's what's going to happen right well um first of all i feel like that's kind of just them being petty but <laughs> i mean but, if you're chasing if you're staring six and a half million dollars in the face how long i mean i'd be petty for a long time for six and a half mil i don't know that's well, just an arbitrary number i'm just uh yeah but i mean like again though like if he signed a legal contract and that is like the legal definition of a professional athlete, I would have to, you know, I'd have to read it. But, but if he was a professional athlete, you got to pay him. And right now, like, what's he, like, you know, being upset about? He's a professional. He's in the he's NBA. On he's on his rookie contract, but his shoe deal with Max gotta, was like hundred million, wasn't it, Nick? And he's got to give him how much? How much percentage? I don't remember what the percentage was. Yeah, they asked for so, five million in hush money. I think. Ooh, he just got a hundred million. His, like, Nike deal, his Nike deal was yeah seventy five mil. That's that's not that's not the Pelicans. That's just that's just straight up. Hey, we're Nike's. We failed you hey, once. You know he broke hey, out of his son. Son, pay him. Quit. You're being petty now. <laughs> they they were being petty first, and now you're being petty. Just pay yeah. him. Just, just get it over with. You got seventy-five million dollars. Send me some. Send the holler yeah. pod some. We'll, we'll keep quiet. We'll stop talking so, about hey, you. you. know, we do what we do. We'll have an update on this in two weeks when it goes back the other way. When it's volleyed over the net again, we'll have an update on it. We'll do our, we'll do our, we will do our due diligence. Boy, that was a tongue twister, and uh, bring you the news weeks after. So Man, I got imagine two- just real quick. Sorry to cut you off. Imagine. Getting paid seventy five million dollars to wear a pair of shoes. Uh, Be nice. You know, all he did was, I mean, he's a generational talent. He's like the LeBron of of that age group. He's highly touted. Was he really came on? He was the first viral YouTube basketballer. After here's here's my graph. Ready. LeBron up here. LeBron was like ESPN. YouTube really wasn't a thing yet. Videos of LeBron weren't out. And then we had this dry spell where we had like really good talent, but the social media hadn't really married up with talent yet. So somewhere in the middle, it was like, boom. They picked Zion up in like seventh grade. It was like wow. YouTube was a thing, and people were making all these crazy highlight videos of him. And he, you saw him forever. You saw him for like Dude, six I didn't years. hear about him until he got in college. I mean, you just saw him on the circuits for like six years before he was even able to play at Duke. And it's like, when is this kid going to play basketball in college? Because that's how much of, you know, how many videos were out there of him. How many times you've seen him, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, to be that big, Brian, he's like, 
I know he's a big dude. Two eighty five, or he was. Yeah. I think he slimmed down. I think he's super just, athletic. He blew out a pair of shoes. I I, I was yeah. I was he watching broke, the game. He broke a pair of Nikes. You want to hear a funny story? One time when I was in seventh grade running routes for Michael Burchett, I blew out of my Nike Freeze. Okay? And it's no comparison. I mean, I was clearly too big for, for the shoes, but, you know, I ran a good post route. I sold the cut, blew oh, right out cut. of them. Yeah, yeah I go. blew right out of them. And I love yeah, those shoes. Yeah, he's a shoes. big dude. Yeah, they're worried about, uh, they're worried about his knees. Keeping up. Oh well, he why is he's almost three hundred pounds jumping around. He's got like a forty. I'd be worried about his knees too. The way he plays, That's what I'm saying I'd be worried about his knees too. Yeah, the way he plays, and he's so, you know, heavy. They just there's like there's no way he's gonna. But I mean, people just drum stuff up to be able to talk. You know, That's true, so who true. knows? Him the best. That's true, Take true. your money and run. Pay the hush money. Yeah, yeah man. Quickly, regards. But okay. We got we got two little uh, in in sports. We got two bullet points left. The last one I want to leave it with. Well, really, just came out today, this afternoon. But first, I want to talk about NASCAR. So, Bristol allowed fans into the stands this week for the All Star race. It Real was, quick, Cody Mitchell went. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For anybody listening that has been to Bristol, I told I told my wife earlier, Bristol was the one of the wildest experiences I've ever been to ever. It's my first NASCAR race, but just like being at a NASCAR, you can't explain a NASCAR race. I would I love to go to a NASCAR race. I would love to go. go. Yeah, that'd be great. I assume it's Let's similar to the old one. Huh? Let's live stream it. Yeah. Oh, this is a holler pot from Talladega. Yeah, so they... 30,000 fans were permitted into attendance at Bristol. So NASCAR actually moved it to Tennessee because they were one of the states that said, yeah, we'll let you do it. But um, for those of you that have ever been to Bristol at all under the lights, it is, um, it's a very unique atmosphere. Number one, because it's under the lights, but number two, I mean, it's a bowl and I've, I had, you take for granted how many people you're sitting around when you're there. So to see the pictures of that place. I mean, you can see it right there. What Nick's got pulled up. Some people, social distancing. It's a, uh, it's weird, dude. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just weird. weird. I mean, that's where we're at. COVID has affected NASCAR. Did you ever think that, that a, a professional sports, you know, institution or the foundations of that sport were based on running moonshine from the law <laughs> Literally, the the definition of rebellion has given in to follow the COVID protocols. Yeah, it's just our soft society these days. Oh, uh, Brian said it. I didn't say it. Brian said it. <laughs> Regards. Okay, the the freshest um, kind of news topic we've got here deals with the Washington Redskins. So it came out. Well, not technically the Redskins. Oh, you're right, Brian. Formerly the formerly, former the team, Washington. The team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Formerly known as the Heartbreakers of D.C., the the former Washington the Redskins. The TBHs. The TBHs. <laughs> Uh, man, there's a lot to dissect in this point. So, number one, they're in the news in the mainstream right now because of their name, 
the Redskins has been termed as a derogatory uh, phrase and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Slogan, I guess. That's the wrong word, isn't it, Brian? Well, like a derogatory term. A derogatory term for an indigenous person. So we've been seeing this across sports, I'll say, for 20 years. Yeah. Um, the Indians. They've had a been, lot of pressure for a while, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, teams have been changing their names for a long time. I think about the University of Illinois. They used to have the Chief, and and they took that away. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a couple of years ago. Uh, what's another great example? The Allen Central Rebels. Oh, shout out to Ned, the Allen Central Running Rebels. Ned, yes, they they built a whole new school. They didn't even change their mascot. They just built a whole new school. They got, just got rid of them. Think about that. I, that's totally slipped my mind. Yeah. I, I thought there was like, yeah. another There's another high-profile example of that, though, wasn't there? Oh, I'm sure. The Cleveland Indians, the Washington Redskins. I did see that the Braves the were... Braves. They had to change they, their logo. Yeah, they're not gonna, they were under pressure. For, they're re- recently, I guess, under pressure for their name, but I think the only thing they're going to be doing is, like, the chop. They're, okay. So they're going to look at the chop. Okay. So, so one one yeah. sect of indigenous people, I guess that's the right phrase, Native Americans, indigenous yeah. people. I think that's fine. One sect that is um, just doesn't really, I don't want to say doesn't care, but, but you do not hear this about, is the Seminoles. And I heard an explanation of that one time, and I'm going to say it, and you guys tell me if it holds water. Then we'll Google it and fact check me. But I heard that the Seminole Indians were the only um, – group of of indigenous people and and tribes in the united states that never accepted money or aid from the federal government so they have been and still are entirely their own controlling entity good for them yeah i didn't know that when i heard that i was like wow that's so that's why if you ever watch a florida state football game the Seminole still comes out throws the flaming spear in the in the um in the logo, it's actually uh, it's actually pretty cool to see. But I I'd never heard that. I didn't know if it was true. I just I just wanted to get that out. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, principally from Florida, da da da. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Back to the Redskins. So they're in the news for pressure to change the team name from Redskins to to another, um, you know, some other name that represents that DMV area um dc maryland virginia area and uh they haven't they haven't announced to the public yet so a number one that is why they have been in the news but to to add to this you know chain of breaking news today breaking news uh, i'll let you handle it brian because you're more you, you uh, basically they got in trouble for uh doing some inappropriate stuff <laughs> basically Dude, I saw um, something on Twitter like b- minutes before we started this, and it was like a, a story from a former female executive that said there were stairways in the facility yeah. that had two-way glass. Well, they, yeah, and they were like looking up so they could see under their skirts and yeah, stuff. And yeah, and she – what? Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – and it's it not- said that she was shown uh, – wow, what was it? There were – like orientation days for the female employees and they were like avoid these places yeah don't don't go here don't go to this area of the training facility it's like 
Yeah. Wow. It's sad, man. Um, well, here's, you know, this is what I think. I think that this is probably going to start coming out from a lot of different teams. Sadly, yeah. Sadly, yes. A lot. Because once this comes out, and it should have come out, but once this comes out, other girls or women, I guess, um, are going to be comfortable with talking about it. They should, man. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, 100%. Darren Ravel tweeted, you know, and I I don't know, I mean... Dan Schneider, he's the owner, right? Is that right, Nick? I think that's. I think he. I think that's his name. Yeah. I don't know why I get Tunnel Vision on these podcasts, but Dan Schneider, yeah, Ravel kind of tweeted. Um, Look, as bad as all this is, and and as much stuff is on the plate right now, this is not going to be enough to get Dan Schneider out of there. It's like, what kind of power does this cat have? What? what, Well. I sent you guys that clip earlier of the Pat McAfee thing where he was talking about how there were like the minority owners were like wanting out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's bad. Well, I mean, up well, until okay, today, so we thought if, it was just over this night, uh, over the, well, the think naming. About of the it. Thing. Think about it. The only, the way that he doesn't get kicked out, these minority uh, owners, they want to sell their position. They'll just buy them up. He's got enough money to. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, one female, female member of the executive staff. Okay, sorry, let me back up. Lined at the top with transparent plexiglass, the stairs descend from the lobby to the locker room and training area, and someone standing at the bottom can look up the skirt of a woman standing at the top. One former female executive learned this lesson early. Said she looked down to see a male trainer two floors down, staring right back up, walking with her step for step. That's Jeez, so that's so step, creepy. Step, that little detail gives you an idea of how trained. I mean, if you would have just said, like, in and of itself, upskirting in a stairwell is a is bad. But when they say walking step for step, you can see you're like, this was normal. This happened yeah. all the time. Yeah, he's got like he's practiced. Yeah, he knows this. He knows the cadence. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm not yeah, making that light. Is that is terrible. That is bad. Yeah, man. like you said, man. More power to. I mean, this they, they need Good to be exposed. Them. This has to come out. Yeah. Good for them. I hope those girls never have to work a day in their. You know I don't. What I, mean? I don't. I don't even have a favorite Redskin ever. I can't even, and I don't mean anything against the players that have ever played there. But I think that's just one of those franchises that maybe it's a testament to how he operates that they've kind of just been status quo forever. Hmm. Maybe that'll who change. Was, Ron Rivera there that, now. Uh, maybe that'll change. Who was that quarterback? Joe Theismann. No. Alex, um, Alex Smith. No. That recently, I mean, just in the last probably seven to ten years, played there. Um, probably RG3. Yeah. Super religious guy. Um, yeah. I wonder if that was going on there. And if it was, oh, that, he that, had to have known about it. Well, he actually tore both his ACLs like nine times. I know. But but he was still there. Like he was oh. there for like, oh, for you're like saying. a while. Yeah. If if, if he was there, he would have known about it. And I think that's a problem. I think all these players that knew about this stuff that didn't come out and say it. I think that's pretty bad, man. Yeah, this is definitely something to keep an eye on. So, what do yeah, you? This is the point yeah. of bringing all this up. I had this on here before this broke this afternoon. But the point of bringing all this up is, if you could rename the Redskins, what would you name them? 
Oh, Sorry, that's let tough. me retract. If you could pick a name for the former Washington Redskins, what would the new mm. name be? Hmm, that's a tough one. I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the history behind why that name was chosen for that team. It seems like you would have something to do with the various federal agencies that you know dominate that whole area. The, you know, you got the FBI. Why could you pick up the Washington Swamp? The Washington Swamp Monsters. Frogmen. The Frogmen. <laughs> the, uh, lizards. The, the Lizards. <laughs> the Lizards. The Washington Lizards. <laughs> the Blue Tail Lizards. Boys, there's lizard people everywhere. I don't know. Um, there are lizard people everywhere. I don't. I don't know. I swamp mean, things. I think any, you know something like that would be great. Okay. Also, did you see that there was a guy in the in that area that bought up like forty different team names like a day before this broke? He brought he bought the copyright to like forty different. Nick, we should get the URLs. Mascot names. We should get some URLs, Nick. Smart on his end. So, okay, we'll keep that. Uh, we'll keep that in the in the skillet there in the frying pan, and we'll touch base on that. But it's uh, you know all that to say it looks bad for the Redskins. Yeah. Uh, not well, only I think about it, the product, but the off the field product just got that much worse. Well, think about like sponsors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. With this coming out. FedEx pulled their sponsorship, and that was their main. Who did? I think FedEx hat did, Good if thing. I remember correctly. I think that's what I Good saw. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good for them. $205 million. Whew. Oh, they warned them that they'll remove their name from the stadium. Oh. So I guess they're still, they're still there. So, all right. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I've got a, um, before we get into Q&A and wrap this thing up, and I can say regards for the final time, I've got a brain-busting uh, COVID question for Brian, and it really just hit me at dinner, okay? So I've heard you say many, many times, we know for a fact that the coronavirus is killed instantly if and when it's transmitted in broad daylight by the UV rays from the atmosphere, correct? UV light uh, kills it, correct. Why is Miami, Florida the hotbed for this virus as, at the moment? Nick, actually, uh, go to my Twitter. Just recently, I've been retweeting a bunch of stuff about this going on in Florida. Um, Are you saying it's a hoax? Oh, yeah, my my stuff's protected. Yeah, um, basically, there has been a ton of miss... uh, What's the word? Like, they've been lying, basically. Yeah, you can say that. Um, they said that there was a 98% uh, positive you know, rate. Turns out that that was 9.4%. Um, that's a slight difference. Yeah, that's, and they, were, um, they weren't even reporting negative cases. Yeah, uh, man, yeah. here we go. Data. Breaking, breaking. This is John Solomon. Uh, this is just the news. Like, uh, just the news is really nice. Uh, John Solomon seems to be like pretty just middle. middle of the road. He's not. He's not. Yeah, not left, not right. Um, COVID positivity rate is ten times lower than it was first reported. 
they were not even report this these other there were 33 uh testing sites around the state of florida that got caught doing this uh, that we know of um they were not like if somebody tested negative they're like just not even reporting it that it was a negative test they were only counting positive cases go back nick there's a one that i just know you know how recently like earlier numbers are false scroll up nick if somebody asks you to run a report for them and they say i need a percent of change or i need the percentage of something and you work all day and you run that report and you take it in there and they say you say here's your report and they say are you stand by these numbers you go i don't know well, because by the time um, you've done that, it's going to change. That's how numbers are. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the one I'm sorry, I thought it was, I thought it was also Florida, but it was, um, it was in uh, Texas. Um, they were, let's see, yeah, they they were reporting prob, they were reporting probable cases Ooh. of people who had never actually tested as confirmed. <laughs> probable, probable. Oh, right there, right there. Labored breathing, yeah. probable case. Well, uh, go back to go back, Nick. There's another one that I, I think there's a chart. Couple down. Uh, what's this guy? Yeah. So go, scroll up. This guy right here, uh, this Andrew uh, Boston. This guy is an Ivy League epidemiologist. Something like he's Ivy League trained. Um, uh, there's a chart somewhere. Yeah, and it shows like. Is this it on the right hand side over here, right there? Uh, no, there's one that I, I retweeted it, but it's uh, it may did be you, the, set, the second one there, Nick. Did you? I was looking for that. Did you see the stat about the percentage down on the deaths in Kentucky that came from nursing home facilities? Sixty-five percent, dude, of all deaths in Kentucky are from nursing homes Dude. how about stop sending covid positive <laughs> patients to nursing home how about you try that see how see how everything works because it's not that man it's not that like that's not look an n90 if an n95 mask does not stop you from inhaling the virus which is what they've said because the filter on an n95 mask is too large it allows for the size of the virus to come in. So if that is allowing it to come in, why do you think that that filter is stopping it from going out? If you get a box of surgical masks, it clearly says on the box, does not protect against coronavirus. <laughs> That's so a problem. If an N95 mask and a surgical mask is not helping you, what in the world do you think a cloth mask is doing. It's not that, man. It's here we go. Uh, seven, uh, yeah, nineteen. Seven of the nineteen deaths actually occurred in July. Some of these recorded deaths even happened in April and May. Dude, um, can't. I retweeted another thing earlier. Um, it's. I really, really think that there's some wonky stuff going on with this, man. I agree. I, I know that this is a real virus. I'm not saying that it's not. I know it is. Um, but the death Dude. rate is less than the seasonal flu. And that is proven like through these tests. Because they're testing 
a significant amount of people. We are having some deaths. That happens. And I'm, I feel terribly for everybody that has lost a loved one due to this virus. Because, again, I'm not saying that it's not real. But. A big but. Does it show the death rate? 7%. That's not it. It's like it's like 0.1. It's like 0.1. That hot, I think about that hot mic video from the Rose Garden you sent us, I don't know, six months ago. When that when they left the hot mic on and, the, and that news guy was like... I forgot about that. So it's just like the flu? And they were kind of like, yeah. <laughs> He's like... Um, with that one specifically, the uh, Los Angeles County, they had, they had originally projected like 100,000 people had it. And they started a mass test and it was like 400 plus thousand people had it. And the death rate like drop significantly because you're testing more people and here's the thing you can get this virus and show no symptoms yep and be totally fine but if you are vitamin d deficient if you uh if you have a pre-existing condition mckinney told us all of this this is exactly what mckinney said scroll down at the bottom of that nick that chart it should show i don't know why it's stretching like that I don't know. It's I, again. I acknowledge that this is a real virus, but somebody's cooking the books on this man. This that Orlando, right above that Russ. Uh, yeah, right here. Look at this. Um, f- uh, report on percentage of positive cases also shown the Orlando Veterans Med- Medical Center had a COVID nineteen positive positivity rate of seventy six percent. A spokesman for the VA tells Fox 35 their positivity rate is actually 6%. You know, I, I did, not excel, I did not excel in the numbers realm of my education. But um, I can discern that 76% and 6% is a, is a large difference. Major difference. <laughs> yeah, Major. you could say that. You could say that. Um. I just thought about that. I knew. I mean, I I've heard you tell me UV light destroys the virus, you know, um, it, which also doesn't make sense to me that it's being spread at the beach. Like, um, why? How? Where? Pipe th- uh, What's going on? I mean, when you're at Myrtle Beach, you're not sitting on top of another family. What? Well, like, here's the th- here's the thing. Shell's got about. it, or what's going on? No, no, no. Here's the thing you got to think about. So, Doctor Bricks herself has said that 50% of all tests are false positive. Um, Nick, you actually sent that story about the people in Yellowstone where they tested all their employees and they had one test positive. They isolated that person and retested them two more times. Those two retests were negative. So if half of all tests are false positives, and there have been, we've already seen certain testing kits that we've gotten already infected with COVID. So if half of them are tested, how many of the people that are testing positive are going back for a second and third test to make sure that they're actually positive? None. If 50% of those are false positives, they should be. If you test positive, if you test positive for COVID, you should isolate and then you should be tested two more times, at and least two more time. times. And play Warzone with yes. Hollow 
Yes, shout out. So yeah. here, and this may be so simple in its in its you know origination, but it, it is one of those that it's so simple that it kind of shook me when I heard it. This virus is is contagious from six feet away. Okay, I'm going to show you my negligence of the medical profession. This virus is contagious from six feet away, meaning if I am infected and I project particles in, or I'm sorry, at at you, and they land, you know, on you from six feet up to six feet away, you have the potential to contract that disease, the virus. Mm. Yet to test me for it, you have to probe the back of my brain. I mean, you don't think about that, but that's a very simple, and I'm sure some doctor would get on here and totally obliterate me and go, well, here's why you do this. The mucus glands on the butt of the dud. And it's like, okay, I understand that. But think about that. Think about that. Is it because when you sneeze, that's where that matter comes from? Is that where they're getting that, Brian? Actually, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they test for COVID. I don't think they have to swab. They try to pull your brain out of your nose. (laughs) Some Um, places have saliva tests now, but they're showing even more false positives. You have saliva tests? Yeah. Maybe that, see, I don't know. Maybe that attributes to the false positive. Maybe they swab the back of your brain to get, you know, 100% factual. I don't know. Here's here's all I know about this COVID. You just start questioning everything. You're like, Here's all I know about this COVID stuff, man. I know, I know that that virus was from a lab. I know that that virus was from a lab. Hot take. take. Yeah. It's hard Um, not to think that. Yeah. I also know that that lab had money donated by Fauci, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the Obama administration. And I know that that lab had previously been in trouble for him down. Uh, for He's safety, violations. Up. safety violations. They they had gotten in trouble for it before. Um, I know it came from there. Um, I also know that it is an election year. I didn't even know that. I'm kidding. Yeah. And if you remember Obama's second term. His election year. You remember what we had? We had Zika. Uh, Or Ebola. One of the two. I think it was both. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah. It's almost like there is a pattern. It's not fair. That's kind of weird. But I I know that this is a real virus. That's another thing. I know that this is a real virus. Um, But I think the masks... (laughs) I think that's going to harm us in the long term more than anything. Because Physically wearing them? Um, well, n- maybe not like phys- – yeah, 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 yeah. Wearing them is going to harm us because it's going to be destroying our immune system. Okay, that's what – I didn't – okay. I thought you, you meant think like we, pleurisy. No, we're, we're like um, Pigpen from Charlie Brown. Like we have like – microbiomes around us and on us at all times correct um and when like we have our faces covered that this is where we breathe and we're getting bugs from each other and we're building our immune systems if we're around people and we're not building our immune systems our bugs are not interacting and they're not being able to just like keep up with everything um and when schools start back daycares start back 
all of those kids are going to be so sick for like two weeks. That's the thing bad. too, man. You you know we flatten bad. we flatten the curve for the healthcare industry, but exactly what you're talking about right there. Where do we flatten the curve for the Head Start industry, the kindergarten, you know, the the academic world? We didn't. We're not. And those are little well, germ. Those are just little germ test tubes. That's all they are. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys remember when COVID first um, started to come around. There was a guy that was on Rogan. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name, uh, but he on. said Michael. He was uh, like, yeah, he was like a big virologist. He wrote about like a, he wrote about this in like 2003. He said 2013, something like that. But he was like, the worst thing that we can do is to close schools and daycares. He said because from what he has seen, COVID 19 is similar to hepatitis A. You'll have kids that can carry it. And they'll give it to their teachers and stuff like that. But they get over it because they're Michael, healthy. Michael Osterholm. Yeah, there we go. That dude. That no, dude. Not him. No, not Peter Hotez. Not Hotez. He's cool too, though. Yeah, I like. I like him. That dude scared me to death, and everything he has said has been spot on. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. This spot guy. on. He's like, yeah, we're gonna lose four hundred thousand people over, uh, you know, the next year and a half. And you're like, woo, and we're almost to two hundred thousand deaths. And it's been what, like, when did this start? March. March. Like three months. Yeah. But again, those death rate numbers are also cooked. They're also cooked. Correct. So it's not really been. So like, if I I'm of the opinion that like basically everybody has or has had COVID, I, I think we've all had it. We just not realized it. And I think it's been here for longer than March. I, I know, I know, I heard about it in like November, like early November in China. Um, and we saw that Sturgill Simpson had gotten it in Europe. In Europe, yeah. And that was around that time. Yep. So it was around there sooner as well. So I think we've all had it. I think it's been around for a while, but I think we've all had it. And, um, it just doesn't. If you drink tap water in six oh six, you ain't got nothing. You don't got, got nothing. Yeah. yeah. If you, you still you drink got... tap water, uh, you know, regardless, if you cut your teeth on six oh six tap water, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. and that was our TED talk. So, you know, welcome to our TED talk. But yeah, I mean, I mean, spot on, dude. And it's gonna last forever. So who was it? It was um, what's his name? He was on Rogan. Just just yesterday, we were talking about him. I'm drawing a blank. Peter Swift. Schiff. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, this ain't going away till the election's over. I mean, you're gonna shut down till the election's over. Well, I think it'll even be shut down after the election. I think that there is something that our viewers need to uh, search. It's called the uh, simulate or the lockstep simulation by the Rockefeller Organization. Um. I retweeted that, or I posted it one, um, and it just happens to be a thing where they introduced martial law because there's a big, big pandemic. <laughs> I've heard of that before. Yep. But all right, that was fun. That felt good. You know, it's just we're just it's just such a negative. Like I'm tired of hearing about it, man. I would like well, see, to be. I would like to be paid. From March until today, one half of one cent every time that word has been uttered in the English language. 
and hey. I would own the moon, boys. Let me tell you. Did Did you guys see where somebody in Lexington did the obey thing? Yes. They still can't figure yeah. it out. They don't know what it means. It's everybody needs to go and Google. Well, not really Google, but go to YouTube and search. Um, they live obey scene. That's what it's like, man. Yeah, I don't know. They tracked that guy down. He's like, I don't know. Somebody paid me to do it, so I did it. I'm like, you keep on keeping on, brother. Yeah. But all yeah, right, let's go. Let's go Q and A. Let's wrap it up. Maybe some more zone. Probably not. But let's go. Let's hit Q and A. We've had. It's been a while since we've done a hot pot app. So uh, Nick, hit us with the Q and A. Q, if you will. Um. We've had some questions come in here. One from our favorite man of the cloth. Well, let me rephrase that. We don't have favorites in the man of the cloth world. One of a former, one of our favorite former guests on the show, who also happens to be a man of the cloth, Seth Carter with the heavy hitter. And where do high, where do state highway, excuse me, where do state highway departments keep all of the orange traffic cones when they are not being used? Do they have one central storage location or do they just keep them on the roads as a way of storing them? So, oddly enough, I think that I know this answer. Very cool. I'm going to hit it and then we can research it. Fact check, if you will. So, all those cones are owned by a uh, different company. The state does not own those cones. Those are contracted per job at a rate of per day service. And I believe it's something like a dollar a day. Um, they are, I think, Safety Co. is a is an example of the ones that we have around here, Nick. Um, but the state does not own those cones. They, they use them. Uh, they contract them out for the jobs when they need them and the companies that are responsible uh, come and drop them off. I do not know where they store them, Seth. But to answer your question, I do not believe the state owns them. So it's like a private organization or a private company yeah. that like gets a contract there. from Who owns state traffic government. Cones? Oh, seven fascinating traffic cone facts. That's got to be it, right? Oh, that's Manchester, UK. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Where do they come from? Who owns them? Who's cashing? Well, there them? has there has to be like some sort of warehouse for like these companies that own them. Oh, we gotta pay to read that. Yeah, that's, that's New Zealand. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. That that's a part of the bit. You know, when these when these, um, lowest prices online. Yeah, there you go. They're available for. For purchase, I mean, boys, should we uh, should we start a business here? I mean, what is that? What I'm hearing? I mean, maybe. I'm always, you know, I will say this: when they were redoing that first stretch of the parkway, I didn't know there were that many road cones <laughs> under the sun. Jim and me, dude. And Man, they're still doing, still doing all that. Every time I see a road cone, I think of your mom, Brian. <laughs> that time in front of Walmart. I'll never forget it, man. Oh Jesus, me either. When we, that, that, that shooting them back, we started running them over, and it was spitting them back at the minivan, and Melissa turned into like Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> like, 
0.4 seconds and was just like banking the <laughs> banking that green minivan and we were like yeah, wow this is something <laughs> this is cool yeah yeah every road country i think of that yeah that was really cool i that's a, a good memories man that is a childhood shade, <laughs> childhood <laughs> defining memory so we're gonna get it's into like road seared, isn't it? yeah Seth, that's your answer. I'm sticking to it. They're owned by a, a separate company, and I believe I know that answer because I think I know somebody that looked into that business uh, model. I think it's like a dollar a day per cone used, and they stay on the job site for wherever. So if you played it smart, you would have an inventory uh, of cones that you you know you would have an amount that you knew would always be out, so that you would have to physically keep track of a very small amount. And you would, uh, I think they call that a cash cow in the world well, of economics. Think about. Oh, right how... there. They're owned by the contractor or slash construction company who was doing the job. That does not. A decade ago? That's a 10 year old comment? It literally says one decade ago. <laughs> yeah. But think about how long it takes for. Um, road stuff to be completed so mm-hmm. if this is owned by a private company they are making a, a fortune ton of money hey bitcoin and road cones man that's hard pod we're getting into it uh, let's do I, it i'm good on i'm good on bitcoin i don't that's what i'm saying i don't know if i want to uh, invest in road cones but maybe i just don't know that there's going to be that much crazy uh, stuff has happened brian that's true that okay. is true all right, Seth, I hope that answers your question. We'll do some research and get back to you. Nick, let's let's keep moving. What we got next? Oh, from a silver fox. Who decided the random Colorado squirrel needed to be tested for the bubonic plague? So, reading the news headlines, I believe it was earlier this week. Um, that question, by the way, comes in from the most beautiful and in- intelligent woman I've ever come across in my entire existence. Um, but... A Colorado squirrel was tested for the bubonic plague and tested positive. Yeah, I think I actually know the answer to this part. Hit it, Brian. Um, I think if there are just – I think they just test roadkill and other stuff like that. Mm. I know, for example, in in China – they found there is an outbreak of like the bubonic plague in a certain spot, but also currently there's a group of elephants, like over a hundred elephants have died mysteriously, and saw that. Yeah, and they're testing them to see you know what killed them. But I'm fairly certain that roadkill and other stuff like that gets tested regularly, and this one, the squirrel just happened to have bubonic plague. That's a good point. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, um, I know I. I, I I didn't know that squirrels could carry it. I mean that makes sense because they're a rodent. But I know armadillos carry bubonic plague. Like if you are ever in the situation to somebody's like, "Hey, you want to eat this armadillo?" Do not eat it. It's probably got the black plague. <laughs> Hang on, let me write that one. Okay. Yeah, just jot that down. I also uh, heard they're like regular. They're like regular not... carriers of the plague. Huh? That's crazy. Yeah. I, I heard it's not that big of the deal. I mean, the real reason is because of the anti-vaxxers. We all know that. But I heard that the um, there's like 10 to 15 acknowledged cases per year in the world. So of the black plague? Yeah. This is kind of just gaining traction because 
it's a squirrel and it's Colorado, I guess, but, um, and it's a black plague. I eat a lot. Well, I used to eat a lot of squirrels. So I like squirrel. uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a delicacy. It it's is, you gotta know, you gotta know what you're doing and, uh, you can screw one up real quick. But, uh, if you find somebody that knows how to make squirrel gravy, you marry her or him. I mean, whatever, fuck your boat. But, um, Squirrel gravy is a nuanced delicacy. It's uh, it's something else. But, yeah, I know that question has been uh, near and dear to the heart of the person that asked that. So, uh, hope that gives you some some subtle some uh, some subtle answers there. Do we have any more, Nick? I feel like we're catching our stride. No more, no more. What about on the pod? Uh, what about on the pod in general? I think Sean Burke had hit us with something way earlier. Who knows? It's been it's been a long time. Oh, oh, we're pretty GIF heavy, aren't we? I love a good GIF. I, you know what? I love a GIF as well. I'm a big GIF guy. How dare you? How dare how you? Darians. How you know? You know how you feel about the Bush family when I go when I go after them. Yeah. You just saying Jif, I could I could end you. <laughs> uh okay. No, I think that was it. yeah. It was an old I one. think it's it. Yeah. I am uh, to the bottom of my glass, which usually indicates that we have r- the the hourglass has run out of sand. So, um it felt good to be back. We're going to we're going to listen. In the words of Arnold, we're going to keep doing this thing. So, uh, Brian, what, uh, what kind of wisdom do you have? I mean, last week you hit us with, you know, the one hitter quitter option, option investing on gold and silver. You should, you should have listened to me on the silver and the materials calls. Well, hopefully somebody out there did. Um, what do we, uh, what do we have for him this week? Um, any, let's see wisdom I have for you. Um, I would say, Hmm. Something a little a little different, not not financial markets here. Treat every day like it's your last. Whoa. Just, just enjoy it and and just be with the ones you love and do what you love every day. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, what am I supposed to say? How do I follow that? Why'd you go first? <laughs> I got one, and it's kind of a selfish indulgence of my own. Don't spend hours on Facebook watching videos of people with fart machines in Walmart because uh, nothing good comes from that. It's just a time suck, and I'm old enough to where I should not laugh at something like that, but I cannot help it. I just can't help it. I love situational like comedy where stuff has been set up to where someone knows what's going on and the other person does not know what's going on. So that's my words of advice. Be present in your current situation. Do not, do not fall into the time suck that is Facebook videos about whatever the algorithm chooses to provide you with. Oh, wait, everybody, follow me on Parlor. We should start a Parlor. What is that? It's a new social I media. I can barely keep up with all this, man. Let's see, I don't, I don't I get on get Facebook and stuff. What is Parler? It's like a new... It, it's very similar to Twitter, except it's not ran by, like, Jack. <laughs> Jill. Jill's got Parler. <laughs> Jill, Jill runs Parler. Yeah, yeah, that's all Jill. Okay. Yeah. Nick, what do you got? Leave him something good. <clears throat> I'm going to take... 
Brian's usual stride and say, <laughs> don't send your Bitcoin to strangers. Hey, yeah. Big, no big thing that we should. Yeah. If there was a service don't. rendered, you should definitely do so. Hey, no, listen. Uh, there's a lot. If, if you are just recently involved in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, if someone tells you, send me Bitcoin and or any cryptocurrency, Send me cryptocurrency, and I will send you double that back. Don't do it. That's a scam. That's the that, that, That's that, the exactly. of the crypto exactly. world. Exactly. It 100% is. And there are ads on YouTube right now, like sponsored ads, that are scams. That we just saw Twitter got hacked, and everybody and their mom, blue check, was like, send me Bitcoin. I'll send you some back. <laughs> also, i got to point out, there's a reason there has there's a reason they want Bitcoin and not USD. I gotta say that. Because it's untraceable. Well well but it's worth more. Uh the most obvious reason is that it's not cash and doesn't have the coronavirus on it, Brian. I pay cash I, I pay cash all day today. You're you're littered. You are littered with the coronavirus. I pay exact change. I got a fanny pack. Bro. What I, a I psychopath. <laughs> Or in the words of my granny, psychopath. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all I got. I have uh, cashed out episode seven. Exit with our best regards.